Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Don't look now, but the New York Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. Has the Big 12 been left for dead? Plus, does anyone know what this alliance really is? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. It was the marquee interleague matchup of the night, the New York Yankees and the Atlanta Braves. It was a heart-in-your-chest finish for the Yankees, but they prevail 5-4 to four and Stacey Getzulius from Lockdown Yankees might just not come on the show anymore because every time I ask her to come on, something crazy happens at the end of games. Stacey, in this case, it actually works to our advantage, at least my advantage, because th- this question about the Yankees' bullpen, especially your oldest Chapman, is one that is going to keep coming up into the fall, it seems. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. He could not throw a fastball tonight to save his life. And that's a problem. <laughs> it, it seems like an important thing in the postseason to need your closer to be on his A game. But this is also a team that has righted the ship and, and has turned into the team that that we thought they could be coming into the season many, many months ago, it now seems. And part of that is the, the big move they made at the deadline. Is it is it too simplistic to say, yeah, that trade and that aggressive mindset was what turned this around? Or is there something more going on here? I think there is something more going on um, because Rizzo and Gallo, while they've contributed, they haven't been the main contributors during this crazy streak that the Yankees have had. I believe they're 23 and five in their last 28. And the last time they did that was 1998. The last time they had an 11 game winning streak was 1985. And it's all happening because they're winning the games that they would have lost a month and a half ago. (laughs) It's as simple as that. They would have lost this game if it was July. If it was early July, Chapman would have given up a grand slam. And (laughs) I don't know what's going on. It's some sort of voodoo magic. All of a sudden, the Yankees couldn't win enough in the first half, and now they can't lose. And I don't know what's going on. It's very strange to watch. But I like it because I told everyone (laughs) to calm down and that they would turn things around, and I was right. So... (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you've got a lot of baseball fans going, oh, yes, something good to happen to the Yankees. Finally, we've been waiting for so long. And and look, no one was playing their violin for the Yankees when they were struggling. But this now does seem like the team that we thought they could be, uh, especially with this lineup capable of of winning games. I, I think the question is, can the lineup do enough in the postseason to make up for what are real questions about their pitching? I mean, it remains to be seen. Of course, they still have to make the postseason. They're in a good position right now to wrap up the wild card. And they do have a pretty soft schedule for the remainder of the season. And they need to take care of business. They don't have to worry about everyone else. They have to just keep doing what they're doing and win series. They've won 11 in a row now, I believe, is what the number is also. So it's 11 series in a row and 11 games in a row. So it's just a very strong run for them. And they just need to keep their foot on the gas. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, has the Big 12 been left for dead? Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. 
The Jags offense took a big hit on Monday. Hi, this is Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. Some unfortunate news for rookie running back Travis Etienne. It's been determined that he had a severe uh, sprain and tear in his midfoot. That is uh, what they call a Liz Frank injury. Uh, that injury is potentially going to keep him out for the entire season, at least for several, several weeks in the majority of the season. So the Jags will have to figure out how to move forward without Travis Etienne, their rookie running back, first-round pick out of Clemson. Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, along with defensive tackles Star Latulale and Vernon Butler, will all miss the next five days of practice after being deemed close contacts of a team trainer who tested positive for COVID-19. All four tested negative for the virus Tuesday morning, but must miss practice anyway per the NFL's COVID-19 policy. The trainer was fully vaccinated. The NFL's policy, which heavily restricts unvaccinated players while allowing a return to near normalcy for vaccinated players, sparked criticism from Beasley in June when he tweeted that he was not vaccinated and would continue to live my one life like I want. Well, if he had gotten vaccinated, he would not have to live this one life, not at football for the next five days. That is a choice he and these other three players have, of course, made. After leading the Milwaukee Bucks to a franchise first NBA championship in 50 years, coach Mike Budenholzer has signed a multi-year contract extension with the team. Budenholzer, who was entering the final year of his deal, now ties himself to the Bucks through the 2024-25 season. His extension punctuates three seasons that include a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals and the championship victory over the Phoenix Suns in July. It is not all love for Yadier Molina in St. Louis. Yadier Molina is back for another year. As reports are that the 10-time All-Star is signing a one-year $10 million extension to stay with the St. Louis Cardinals. I am the host of Locked on Cardinals, Lucas Smith, to a topic that is divisive among Cardinal fans. I don't think anybody would have really expected that. But I don't, I don't think anybody's going to be too shocked the Yadier Molina was re-signed or is going to be re-signed. I think that the shocking part really, or the surprising part is, is the raise that he got. He was going from a $9 million contract from this season to a reported $10 million contract the next season. This is an, one of the all-time Cardinal greats, one of the all-time great catchers in a number of different statistical categories, one of the most decorated catchers and the most decorated Cardinals of all time. That's all good and well. The question that, that I mainly have after this signing is what is his playing time? What is his role going to be in 2022? Because as any catcher does, as any player does, he's been on a slight decline in production in the last number of years, especially as he is going to be entering his age 40 season. The Cardinals are going to be paying 40-year-old Yadier Molina $10 million. For now, I think that, that the most positive thing that I come up with is that Yadier Molina will only be wearing birds on the bat for the remainder of his career once this deal becomes official. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag. The NFL has to crown a Super Bowl champion. And guess what? You can bet on who you think it's going to be. Kansas City tops the list, plus 525 to hoist the Lombardi. Tampa Bay comes in next at 6-1. to Green Bay 11-1. to Buffalo at 12-1. to And Cleveland checks in at 14-1. to For all your MLB, NFL, college football, and soccer lines, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 100% welcome bonus. 
there's another story you need to know. The college football landscape is shifting beneath our feet even as we speak. Yesterday, we we got the report that the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 will be forming an alliance. No, this is not Survivor. This is college football, which I guess is the sports version of Survivor. This coming, of course, after Texas and Oklahoma are headed to the SEC, which leaves a lot of schools in the lurch, including and especially a team like Oklahoma State. Joining me now from Locked On Pokes, Linda Godfrey and Linda this is everyone's favorite topic in in the Big 12. So what is going to happen with a program like Oklahoma State now? You know, people keep using favorite, and I don't think it means what you think it means because <laughs> I'm not having a good time. But, you know, today I was really concerned before the press conference came out and they uh, talked about what had gone on between the Pac-12, Big 10, and ACC. And before that press conference, I was supremely nervous that we were going to be uh, treading water without our shelter builders and our uh, hunters if we're talking survivors. So um, after the press conference, though, I'm feeling a little better because it didn't they didn't really announce anything. They kept saying they were going to announce an alliance, but they just essentially said, we're going to do something we think soon we're going to do it. <laughs> so... I'm feeling better than yeah. I was this morning. This morning, I was like, it's all over. Just shut it out. Shut it all down. It's but all over but the crying. No, it's it's not. They they basically threatened to do the thing without actually doing the thing. So d- does Oklahoma State need to get in the mix? D- does does this alliance need to include the Big 12? Like, what is the best case resolution here? Because it's not. Okay, okay, Oklahoma, Texas, you got to come back and and these other conferences are are not going to do this because that that stuff is happening it seems like. Right. Um I think if if we're going to get in on it, we need to get in now because the longer that we um dance around what's happening, the worse the outcome's going to be. You know, we brought in uh, Oliver Luck as a consultant. He was up for the Pac-12 uh presidency, so I think that was a good move. I worry about Bob Bowlesby's the the Big Twelve president. His alignment does he is he doing what's best for the Big Twelve? Is he doing what's best for him? So I think the quicker we get into the mix, the better the outcome's going to be when OU and Texas do go to the SEC. What is for you the next domino to fall here? Is it an official announcement um, about the alliance? Is it a team like Oklahoma State? saying, hey, this is what we're going to do. I mean, what needs to happen next? I'd love for uh, Oklahoma State to join the Pac-12, really. But realistically, I don't know if that's going to happen. The next domino, I think, needs to be a discussion that Big 12 gets to be a part of and decide, are we going to do a four-conference alliance where we do some mixing up of games, try to get some new rivalries started? And if that's not the answer, then... um, figure out how to divvy up the big 12 because I, I don't think the big 12 stays intact uh, or we're going to end up with four power conferences instead of five coming up. Does anyone know what the Alliance really is? And no, not like the one on survivor or Q of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at built bar. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they just keep adding flavors. I get a box once a month 
from them with with new flavors marshmallow churro is this new flavor that's on its way unbelievable birthday cake i can't say enough about how delicious they are i was traveling over the weekend some long car rides and reach for a built bar and you satisfy that little sweetness craving and you don't feel guilty about it it's not eating gummy bears or you know whatever else it is stuff that is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber to give you good energy, lasting energy because of what they put in it. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. The Alliance might be the next big move in college football. We were told we would get a press conference announcing the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 all coming together in one big show. And what we got instead was a vague threat to do that. It's hard to understand quite where we stand at this moment. Joining me now to try and figure it out, host of Locked on Big Ten, Nate Dickinson. Nate, where where do we stand right now with, with the changing college football landscape? Um, that's a very good question, Peter. Um, well, as far as like what we actually know about what this alliance is actually going to be, I mean, the Big Ten and all the other conferences, Pac-12, ACC, I read the Big Ten's press release, released a whole bunch of nice bullet points and quite literally bullet points of some things they wanted to focus on, uh, making sure there was diversity, academic excellence between these institutions, really good stuff like that. There were also bullet points focusing on things like future NCAA action and just how things work there, future future federal legislation, and also future championships and how things are determined that way. So when you went into the press conference between these three conferences today, you had a whole lot of questions about those things that people wanted answered, but you didn't really get any of those answers at all to any of that kind of stuff. Everyone was very, very vague about what this is going to be outside of an alliance. They said that a whole bunch of times. That is what this is called <laughs> is an alliance. So aside from that, and the fact that there's 41 teams combined in these three conferences, that's something I didn't know this morning that I'm going to have to know for I don't know years, probably now going forward. Um, it's a whole lot of kind of up in the air as to what all this is. I kind of took it as it's not like these guys are getting ready for the fight with the SEC, but they're saying if there's going to be a fight, we're bringing these guys with us. It's one of those things where this could devolve quickly into, hey, why does the NCAA exist again if this is if this is sort of what we're going to do? But it also seems like these these conferences had a better idea of how to brand this than they did how it would actually work. Yeah, I, I think people are just a little afraid still of what is going to happen next in a way, because it, it's weird. This it is seems like they jumped the gun. Like they just wanted to get it out there. Hey, we're doing this and we'll figure it out later. Well, I don't know if they jumped the gun, but maybe they were just a little bit. Yeah, I I guess I'd say this is obviously a power move, which makes it so weird that they went into this press conference and downplayed what it was so much. People had questions about just about everything from what it means for conference scheduling and things going forward, when things could start changing. Someone asked something like just logistically to Kevin Warren about like, is this mean the Big Ten is going to have to have less actual Big Ten conference games? He he wouldn't say anything about that. He just said with that kind of stuff, we're going to have to look into it. With other things like somebody asked just 
who came to the table first with this? Who came to the other conferences with this idea? And they gave just the very vague, like, well, three commissioners came together for this agreement and alliance and everything that we are going to be very official about right now. I think it's just because right now, everyone, both sides, the SEC and this now alliance are a little bit just afraid of what happens next, and they don't know what to do next, just like they don't know what the SEC is going to do next. I feel like everyone felt like they had to do something. They don't know exactly how to do it yet, but as far as the timing goes, you say jumping the gun, I don't know if that's quite the right term, because I feel like there's plenty of people that would argue that something needed to be done. They needed to make this big show. It just, it wasn't a very pretty show today at the podium. And finally, we've all been laughing at people's poor attempts at the milk crate challenge. And we've seen some pretty nasty falls and injuries come from it as well. But on Tuesday, the Colts mascot, Blue, successfully climbed up and down the stack of milk crates without a stumble. All other mascots have been put on notice, as has really everyone. Because if Blue can do it in a giant stuffed horse costume, I mean, you should be able to do it in shorts and a sneakers, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I say that as someone who will probably never attempt it, but Blue did it, and it was awesome. And if you haven't seen the video, go check it out. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Coming up Thursday, how much will the college football landscape change in the next 24 hours? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Stay locked on today.